Before we get to the podcast, I have a gift for you. I love bringing hope to you each week through this podcast. Hope is such a beautiful gift and one that I definitely like to share. For the times in my life when I needed hope, I open my Bible and allow God's Word to speak to me. As a gift of hope to you, I've created a prayer journal, Seven Days to Refuel Your Hope. This journal shares my journey through some of the most hopeless times in my life and the biblical verses that brought me back to hopefulness. My prayer for you is that this journal will help you to refuel, refresh, and realign your hope. You can download this free journal by visiting my website, dianebells.com, or clicking on the link in the show notes. I'm thinking this is not how I envisioned it. This is not what I signed up for. Have you ever felt hopeless, like nothing good could ever happen again? Well, I have, and that's why I created The Hope Station. Each week, you will hear amazing stories of hope from people just like you, people who have transformed disastrous, disappointing, and depressing events in their lives into messages of hope, turning tragedy to triumph, pain to purpose, crisis to new careers, all through the power of hope. So sit back, relax, and pull into the Hope Station, the place where you can refuel, refresh, and realign your hopes and dreams. Today, my guest is Eva Chiwanuka, and she is going to share with you her story of hope. So thank you so much, Eva, for coming onto the show. And Let's just start from the beginning. What all happened that you were feeling hopeless and then you found hope? And then I found hope. Wow. Well, first of all, Diane, thank you so much for inviting me and having me as a guest on your podcast. I am grateful and I'm very appreciative. Um, and I hope I can add some value uh, to your, uh, to your, for your listeners um, and, and to the world uh, just to share my story. And isn't that all? Isn't that isn't that what we all want, right? Just to add a little bit of something and to learn something from others. Right. So, my hope story. Goodness, where do I begin? Right. <laughs> Time. <laughs> well, I'll give you a synopsis um, of where it all began. Um, I am forty-three years old. I have five children. Right. Well, and I uh, was married for some time. Um, and, um, thought, uh, you know, it was going to be forever, <laughs> thought it was going to be forever after, uh, but back in 2013, uh, well, earlier than that, my husband and I separated and, uh, made it final, uh, in 2011. Okay. Um, and I was still that believing, um, just believing that you know this could this this will work out this will work out because i i couldn't envision not uh being married to my children's father mm-hmm. um however even the bible calls us to to know who we are in christ and to know our identity and when you start losing that identity 
um, you have to pause. Okay. And uh, by that, I mean, Diane, I had, I was losing who I was. Um, and the funny thing is I wasn't even, I mean, I knew Christ. I had, I, I had some sort of relationship with Christ. And when I say some sort of is, you know, as I, as I grew up, uh, I'm an only child. I'm an only child. And so it was my mother and I, right. And we actually immigrated to Canada back in 88, um, when I was just about eight, nine years old. And so, you know, I went to church. My mother took me to church. I was sort of going because of my mother. Um, I myself, you know, didn't know, no Christ, but I knew of him. Right. So when I got married, it was that space that I was in. I knew of Christ, but I didn't know. I didn't have that personal relationship. Um, Pause for a second to explain the difference of mm -hmm. of and know him. Okay. So I knew of Christ because we, I was raised in a Christian household. Like he was a person. You knew of this person. I knew of this person, Christ. I knew what he did. I was raised to go to Sunday school, go to church. And so I knew he was real, but I didn't have that personal connection with him. Okay. It's like knowing something exists, but never experiencing it personally yourself. Okay. That's the difference. Okay. So I knew he existed, but I never had an encounter (laughs) with Christ. Okay. I hope you're going to tell about an encounter, I'm hoping. Yes, I am. So when I was married to my husband, then we were both young, uh, 24 and 25. Um, we, I knew of Christ, but I didn't have any personal encounter with Christ. And I know now, looking back, that that led to the marital uh, breakdown, among other things. Okay. But I know if I was grounded in Christ, it may have, it may have looked different. How? I think I may have been of you, of help to my husband to kind of align himself and I into Christ. I would have been more supportive to him in allowing him to know Christ himself if I knew Christ myself, but I didn't. Right. It's hard to show someone who Christ is if you don't know him yourself. Exactly. You know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. You can only teach what you know and what you have experienced. You can't teach otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so we both did our own thing in terms of we both had a, had something, had some, we had a role in the, in the breakdown of our marriage, but I know now that had I been in Christ, it would have taken a different turn. So it took a different turn because I didn't know Christ and we went our separate ways. And that's where my hopelessness began. (laughs) Well, just thinking that you're a single mom now with five children, did you have Mm -hmm. custody of them? They were with you. Yes. Yes, I did. How old were they at the time, Eva? Oh, um, then we had, when was the breakdown started, we had about, we had three, three pregnant with the fourth one, <laughs> right? Um, so of course we went through the marriage counseling. We met through the, the counseling, which obviously um, because the fact that I'm divorced and single now will show you that it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And again, God was not in it. <laughs> God was not in it. It was secular counseling. It was, car, you know, it was the world counseling. It was not uh, Christian counseling. It was not, you know, biblical. It was just, this is what you need to do. This is the prescription. Uh, go home and do it. Right? Yes. And if we are not both on the same page, it can't be done. We both have to be on that same page. So fast forward, uh, the divorce happens and I'm left with these young children. 
Um, and um, I'm thinking this is not how I envisioned it. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. Right. Yeah, we <sighs> believe in happily ever after. Exactly. This is not get married it, if you don't believe in that, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And 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 some people may say, well, you are naive because, you know, it's funny, Diane, because some people say, well, you always leave room for disappointment. And I said, what? Well, what's the point of getting into our relationship or our marriage for that matter if I leave room for disappointment? <laughs> right. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in, you know. And so for some time, for many years, I thought, wow, I was stupid. I was naive. I didn't leave room for disappointment. I was taken for a ride. I also wasn't the perfect wife. I could have, would have, should have, all those things. Painful place, isn't it? Very painful. Very painful. At the same time, you're trying to be the kind of mother that God called you to be. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know um, the the God-like mother I should be. I knew what I should be in a secular world, supportive, loving, etc. But I didn't know the kind of God-like mother the ministry of being a parent that God calls parents to be at that time. Right. I was still thinking secular, you know, just be there for my kids, love them enough and they'll turn out fine. <laughs> Sounds like a good formula, but I, I, I hear that there might not have worked as it, you thought as well. <laughs> it was not, it definitely was not. Um, so I tried, I tried to be all that. Um, and again, remember, I'm an only child. I have no siblings. So there was no aunts or uncles for my kids to go to. Right. It was my mother and I, you know, I, I leaned very much with my mother when the divorce happened, the separation and the divorce. And at, a t- at some point I said, I have to stop leaning on her because I'm no longer a child. I'm a mother myself. True. She's done her part and she's done it excellently. Now it's my turn to be a mother to my children. And not bombard her and, and, you know, let her live her life. Be a grandmother when she wants to be and let her live her life. But that can be lonely when you are looking for something and for someone for guidance on how to be the best mother you can be and how to be the best person you can be. What do you mean by it feels lonely when you're, you're looking for that? It feels lonely because you think, again, like I said, I didn't have any siblings to lean on. so. By that, I mean, I was the go-to for my children. I was the go-to for my children and I was the go-to for myself. Right. So I have no other comparison, no other guiding frameworks, no other, other than my own mother. Right. But when, when, you, when you know that you're not doing it, when you know that you're not doing the absolute best that you can do in terms of raising your children the way they should go, mm-hmm. you... I had this sense that there's something more and a, there must be another way for me to make this easier and more organic in raising my children. And not such a struggle is what I mean. It was such a struggle. What were some of the and, struggles that you were going through with your children? Uh, well, finances for that, for one. <laughs> uh, finances were there. Juggling my full-time nine-to-five job. You know, uh, at a college, uh, teaching, I was teaching, I was advising, and then trying to be there for my children at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Not just in their home, but be there, be there, be there everything. Father was not there. Their father, you know, is a, is a, is a captain, he's a pilot, and he's out of the country, and we had separated. And so I had to be their father. I had to be their mother. I had to be their friend. I had to be their confidant. 
So the struggles were trying to be everything to my children while I'm trying to also be the best Eva that I can be for myself to not lose myself. Mm. You understand? So it was all at the same time. How can I be the best mother when I don't even know what the best version of me is? That's true. That's true. Like, who are we? Who Who am I? And it's not like we we sit down and if we did, like, what kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of mother Mm -hmm. do I want to be? We just sort of let it happen. There you go. Exactly. There you go. And I was on autopilot. Yeah. Autopilot. I just let it happen. Mm -hmm. But in letting it happen, it didn't get any better. The struggle and the challenges didn't go away. Okay. So what was the turning point? What happened for you to go from that hopeless, isolated, lonely, overwhelmed, it sounds like, space Mm -hmm. into... You know what happened, Diane? I one time was sitting there. You know, when I said I I knew of God, but I didn't know God, I didn't have that connection and that personal relationship. Mm -hmm. I was sitting there one day and it dawned on me. It dawned on me by that. I mean, I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking because, you know, (laughs) I know now because whether I knew of him or had a personal relationship with him before, he was always there. He knew you. He knew. Thank you. He knew me. And that's all that counted. And that, that's all that counts. He knew me. And because he knew me, he's never left me. Mm. I didn't know him well enough. Didn't have a relationship with him, but he's never left me. So, so because he's never left me, right. I was sitting there one time, one day in all the driving around to and from daycares and sports activities and this and that and making food and, uh, you know, being the colleague I was supposed to be and the friend I was supposed to be. And I realized, Holy Spirit, that the very person that gives me the strength, that gives me the motivation, that allows me to get all these things done, to keep them together, Mm -hmm. I don't even have time for. I'm such on autopilot Mm -hmm. that I'm not giving room to have that personal relationship with that entity, that Holy Spirit that gives me the energy and gives me the life, the breath to make all those things happen. So did you, were you praying at the time? Did you? I wasn't praying. I wasn't praying. I think the overwhelm was so much that in that overwhelm, that still small voice, Mm. that still small voice of the Holy Spirit said, but you know, I'm here. Why don't you come to me with all these burdens and see what I can do for you? Mm. How did that just feeling like someone is there and wants to help me? I am telling you. It. um, Two things. I'm sorry. I said to myself, it's, you can only, you can, you, it's those tears of them. It's like gratitude and relief. Precisely. Yes. It's like you you were loved that much. 
thank you for, for voicing it so exactly. It is so much gratitude and relief that I do not, and I no longer have to carry mm. this burden, this life on my own, You're by myself. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I know. I, I know how you're feeling. On my own terms, in Eva's way of doing things, I no longer have to do that. Right. Diane, I was, I'm an only child. So my motto in life for the longest time was me, myself, and I. Okay. Me, myself, and I. My mother did everything she could. She gave me the best life. I wasn't spoiled but she kept me grounded, Mm -hmm. but she also instilled in me independence. And so independence for me meant me, myself, and I. Right. Yes. It's such a, it's such a shame that we, we feel, or I I don't know where it comes from. Like we have to do everything in our own strength. There you go. And I I think it makes us bitter. It makes us angry. It makes us stressed. There's just so much weight that we're carrying Because we think we have to do this life all in our own strength. Precisely. And that was the path and the road and the life I lived before the Holy Spirit whispered, you don't have to. And I said, how come nobody told me that? Right? (laughs) This is great news and no one is talking about this every single day. Exactly. But I do owe it to that seed that my mother planted. Mm -hmm. Although I knew of God, of Christ, and I didn't have that personal relationship, she made sure that I kept going to church so that one day that seed might bloom. Mm, Okay. And it was that time. So when did it happen and how? I think it was the timing. It was that seed and it was the Holy Spirit saying it is time now. You remember what your mother's done all these years? And now the overwhelm that you're going through, it is time that they come together and you realize who it is that makes it all possible. Right. So you don't have to carry the world and these burdens by yourself. So what did and you that do with was, that information? What when I did you with had that, that information, what did you do oh, with it? This is what I did with that information. <laughs> I, in all my busyness, my busy, busy, go, 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 20. It seemed like I didn't have the same time like everybody did. It seemed like life was just spinning. In all of that, I was able to find one day in a week. And I started going to Bible study that one day for two hours consistently. This is where it becomes intentional. This is where knowing Christ and knowing of Christ and knowing him personally becomes intentional. I took that moment that that Christ Holy Spirit inspired moment and I said okay now is my turn to make this journey intentional to get to know you and to see who I am in you and what you can do in me and so Bible study was where it took off I just got away from my kids from my everyday and and again when I made that decision Somebody was there to take care of my kids. Before, I couldn't find anybody to to help me take care of my kids. My mother was there, of course, 150%. 
But like I said, I didn't want her to be the go-to all the time because she needed to live her own life. But the moment I said, I'm going to make it intentional to seek you, to get to know you, to have that relationship with you, all of a sudden this help came from nowhere. Tell us what that means. Like you decided to go and the people just started knocking on your door. People... It sounds crazy, but literally people started knocking on my door, calling me. The church I started going to, I had been going to this one church for, honestly, for many years. And it was just, um, like I said, robotic. It was just something. There was not that connection. The Holy Spirit wasn't there. I'll tell you that. But when I started to go, when I started, when I decided I'm going to go to Bible study, I found another church. And this church fed my spirit with the Holy Spirit. And in that church were people that were there, whether I needed them, whether I didn't, when I needed them, they were just there. What do you need? They were just there to serve, give, serve, give, like to the point where I'm like, is this normal? That people are so willing to give and be there for you without asking. And I feel like I have nothing to give in return. Mm. But that's because I made it intentional that I'm going to seek, even if it's one day, to go out there and get to know this God, my God, this Holy Spirit personally, and then try as best as I could with his help to live out my life in his leading, by his leading, when I was not in this Bible in this Bible, Bible study space. Well, what were some of the, the, the changes? Let's just pause for a second. So seeing mm. how Eva was, you know, mm-hmm. Your your life isn't where you wanted it to be or planned it to be. You're feeling right. overwhelmed. You're now a single mom with five kids. You're mm-hmm. living with your mom. You're you're working full time. You're feeling right. like I can't do this anymore. You hear this mm-hmm. little voice. <laughs> you make yeah. a decision. You're intentional. Yeah. You make a decision to yeah. change things and find out who this whispering person is. Yes. And then people just show up to start helping you. People just show up. (laughs) You know what, you know, you know what that looked like? I didn't just make this intentional decision after going to Bible study continuously every week. It was, it was like, if you have to eat, it's almost like it becomes a lifestyle, right? It is not something I had to do. It's not something, you know, I slotted in there to do. It became a lifestyle. And because it became my lifestyle, I ended up surrendering my, me, myself, and I to Christ. What does that look like when you say you surrender? Like, I feel like, did you hold up a white flag? What, what does surrendering look like? Okay. That means that my motto of me, myself, and I, as hard as it was for me to give up, went out the window. Now it wasn't overnight. But it was like, God, if you can do this, bring these people in my life, find, make, give me even one day to go and seek you and know who you are and have that relationship with you. Surely you can do other things because the Bible says you can do this, 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 and that. You will never leave nor forsake us. You have done these miraculous things in people's lives that were just as normal as I am. People that were just normal folk like me. So when I say surrendered, it means I had to let go of trying to be in control of my own life. Not a reckless let go of being in control, 
It's not that I slept, I stayed in bed and I just never woke up because Christ is going to do it for me. Holy Spirit would do it. Just have faith and it will be done. It was just that I stopped trying. How do I put it? I was so meticulous in planning my days and my children's activities and my life in all the overwhelm that it had to go that way or else or else I'm a failure. It had to go that way or else I'm not being the best mother that I could be. When I say I surrendered, it means I now said, Christ, Holy Spirit, this is what I want to do with my children. This is what I hope to do. These are the activities I want them to do. This is the kind of money I have. This is the time I have. Could you take it and do what you want to see be done? Could you make it happen in your power? Not mine. My motto became not my will, but your will be done. Was that a little, was there a tipping point that it's saying, I just, there, it's so bad, I just can't do that? Or did you That's learn enough about his love to say, I can do that? I learned enough about, his, about Christ's love to know, oh, I, I devoured the Bible. And so the many incredible, I mean, he can part the Red Sea. He can bring the dead back to life. He <laughs> can heal the sick just by saying so. They don't, he doesn't have to touch them. He can forgive even those that have backslidden. He can forgive murderers and, and all that and renew them. If he can do that, I'm not so bad, I think. I'm not such, <laughs> I think. So I said, Lord, if you can do that, then take my life. And let your will be done and not mine. And please help me to die to myself. Mm. Help me to die to my wanting my way and having it done the only way I know how. And show me that there's so many other ways that you could make it happen and better than I. And help me to be okay with whatever the outcome is. Whatever the outcome is. The outcome is. But do you feel like dying to yourself means that you're just, you're, you're letting things, it, it's... I'm giving you my life and do with yeah. it as you see best. Yes. That it almost sounds so harsh. You're dying to yourself. So yes, the Eva that you were, was there changes in that dying <laughs> to yourself? <laughs> that dying to myself. Yes. It sounds harsh, but I found, and I know now that we must do it because if we have the old self, you know how the Bible says you can't put new wine in an old skin. That's right. <laughs> You can't. You have to have a new vessel. It tells you it will explode. You have to have a new vessel. Right. And so I had to surrender this vessel, this Eva, this physical and spirit Eva to God and say, you know what? Cleanse me and use me and direct me, like direct my life, just be in control of it. And how that looked like was I stopped worrying about things not happening the way I want them to happen. Then that's hard for me to do. Only child, okay? I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with being an only only child. We all want to hold on to those reins so tight. Right. And we Thank have you. this false belief that we're in control. Yes. And the more that we pull on those reins, the more out of control we really are. Ah, <sighs> Precisely. And it was out of control. And little by little, the surrendering didn't come in one day. It was hard. I would surrender and I would take back the reins. I would surrender and I would take back the reins because, oh, 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 but the deadline's coming, God. But this, if this will happen, if it, and then 
I was like, wait, Eva, is, did, did you really want him to take control or are you still in control? And do you remember what he, the relief that you had when you finally gave your life fully to him? You actually became a born again Christian. You surrendered all. Well, what does the relief feel like? You're, you're so overwhelmed and pressure and you're saying, I gave it my all and there's relief. What is that relief? What the, where are you feeling in your body and your mind? It was, it was actually both physical and mind. Right. Physically, I mean, I, I, was, I, I thought I was healthy, but obviously I wasn't fully healthy. And physically, I honestly became more joyous. For me, life became not happy, but joyous. The struggles didn't all just disappear, right. Diane. There were, you know, I encountered struggles and challenges still, but in those struggles, I was joyous because I knew I'm not in control. God has seen me from the beginning now, and he has seen my end. So he knows he's seen the whole gamut. So he knows what's going to happen. I can only see right at the end of my nose. (laughs) And if I can see only at the tip of my nose, what does it matter for me to worry about what I can't see? The future. Let me allow the creator who has made me, seen me, has plans for me to to worry about that. And that was in the form of just having that joy of salvation. I am who I am in Christ. I am happy with the way things are because he has a plan for me. The joy is, if you haven't felt it, you you can't describe it. idea what it is. And it's just like like your body's almost humming. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so and not me, circumstantial, like you said, no, nothing to do you. with what's going on. Yeah. He's got it. Exactly. He's got it. He's exactly. got it. I, I might not like the outcomes, but he still got it, but he still got it. So that joy came into my life where, and, 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 oh, I mean, I could go on about this COVID period, how, how we were just in the joy of our, uh, in the joy, like this COVID period did not touch us. We knew what was going on. We felt what was going on. It is real. But that scripture that says, you know, 100 will fall on on your side, 10,000 on the other side, and it will not touch you, was real. We were, I know my kids at one point said, my 11-year-old said, you know what? COVID is real, but the blood of Christ is our vaccination. The blood of Jesus is our vaccination. So why are people so afraid? And by the way, they go to a Christian private school. And even in that, in, that, in, that, in that Christian school, there was so much fear, right? And so knowing that all these things will happen, the environment will look as it will. The evidence is physical, but who we are in Christ is what we're, we, have to, um, we have to focus on because we're, we're, we, are, we are spirit beings having a physical experience. And if we're spirit beings having a physical experience, it means that we are spirits. And it means we, our experience is different from our physical environment. True. Our experience as spirit beings is different from the physical environment that we're in. So holding on to that. Go ahead. So even when other people are are fearful and, you know, it's almost like everything's doomsday and you're, you're saying, "Mm, nope, I I I'm covered. God exactly. got me in this. He's, he's going to take care of me. Exactly. 
Exactly. And what does it feel to be absent of fear, especially when you're around all these other people who are so afraid? It's like you start thinking, am I a little crazy? You know what? <laughs> am I delusional? And I'm with you. So <laughs> right. So I think the 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 new when I when I first became a born again Christian, I would have thought exactly that. Because sometimes I would see people who were in the spirit, who knew Christ and who talked that way. And I said, well, maybe for you, uh, maybe for you, right? Exactly. A little crazy. When, a little crazy, a little delusional. But then when you experience it, mm-hmm. you just can't, it's almost like you want to shout it out to everybody and say, no, people, truly, Christ <laughs> makes all the difference. When all this is going on, he's got you. Come what may, come what may, he's got you. And so how does that feel like? You you do feel special. You do feel like I am so honored to be a child of God. I am so honored to be a part of the family of God that nothing around me can faze me. Why? Because no matter what happens, even if my life ends today, I know what tomorrow and the eternity is going to be like. So bring it. But I do know that he's got a purpose and plan for me that right. I'm not done yet. He's not done with me yet. I hope so, because you're, you're just a powerful woman with this <laughs> wonderful story of joy. What, right? what is he doing in, in your life with this? So it, it just isn't for people who don't know it and just saying it's OK. And even mm-hmm. though I, I lost my husband. Mm. And I, you know, it's not something I, I wanted to go through grief. Grief is a very hard journey. And it yes. was, I was just really having a tough time with it. But um, there was also those imagine. pieces of joy. Like uh, there's different times. I'm like, there you are, Lord. Mm-hmm. There you are. And yeah. your eyesight changes. Like you see. That's it. That's it. So there, there was a, the first Christmas Eve, I used to have this big dinner and he loved it. He loved my cooking. He loved, you know, right. I'm, she's going to make me something fantastic for everyone right. else. And I said, I'm going to still hold it for my sons and for my granddaughters and my daughter-in-law. I'm still going to have this dinner. And I invited yeah. my, my sister and, and her family as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of those, it was a nice day, but I, I just felt so heavy. And I'm mm. walking. I said, I just need to go outside. You need to walk. It's it's Christmas Eve. And I'm listening mm. to the Laurel Day Daigle song, Look Up Child. There was massive dark clouds just hanging over me. I look up wow. and there's like a donut size hole in the sky. In the sky. I look up child. And I'm like, yes. oh, you're still yeah. there. You're Even still there. There's darkness and the clouds and there's a heaviness. You're exactly. still there. Exactly. I just started crying right there in yes. the middle of the street. Yeah. And it, it, and perfect timing with the song. It was amazing. Right? He and uh, <laughs> is not it? look up and there's this hole in the sky. And, and you said it. I'm like, right? okay, we've got And this. you said it, Diane. He has perfect timing. He even does. when we think we're in darkness. And even when we see darkness, he has the perfect timing and he'll allow it when it is time. And that faith of knowing he's got you even in that darkness, is what makes me feel special and makes me still stand regardless of what's going on around me. Regardless if people agree with my belief, mm-hmm. think I'm cuckoo, <laughs> it's okay. In fact, I'll pray for you. If you think I'm cuckoo, I'll pray for you and watch what God will do for you. Right. You know, watch what God would do. Just give him a chance. 
Mm-hmm. And so how does that look like now? It, when I experienced it, I said, I can't keep this to myself. When I have a family and I have a ministry of children, mm-hmm. my children have got to come with me on this journey at a tender age so that they don't have to go through what I went through for that period of time so that they will know that stronghold, that, that rock, I mean, that rock, that strength at, a, at an early age so that they don't have to later on find him. They'll find him now and that will be, he'll be their anchor. And so I invited my kids on this journey and now it is me and my children together on this journey with Christ. So now I'm intentionally training and raising and nurturing my kids into Christ as their identity. And that in its own has completely transformed my life. Completely. I mean, we can go on for hours because my kids. I want to know the differences. Like here's being a mom before knowing, loving, trusting, surrendering to Christ. Mm -hmm. And here's the mom now. What's the Mm -hmm. difference? The mom now is that my kids, I I, I kid you not, Diane. (laughs) My kids have so much wisdom from the scripture that they're now teaching me things that I thought I knew. They are teaching me scriptural, biblical principles and wisdom that I thought I knew. My kids range from eight to 15. Okay. Okay. And they're teaching me spiritual wisdom. And I know that if they can teach me, they're also doing it outside with their friends. So how does that look like? I can sit in my house, be at my job. I know that wherever my kids go, they're covered. Why? Because they're not being influenced. They're being the influencers. They're covered. So what were the concerns that you would have had pre-Christ, Eva, to your children being out and about. And those concerns are legitimate and they're there. Mm -hmm. Those concerns would be peer pressure. Okay. Those concerns would be fitting in. Mm -hmm. Those concerns would be going with the flow because I like this friend or I want to be part of this group or because my soccer team is doing this or because my girlfriends are doing this. And so why not me, mom? Why not me? But now... Because they know Christ, it is not why not me. It is why are they not in Christ? Why do they not know Christ? Right. Do they not know in Christ we can do all things? And the one thing that my daughter likes to remind me of that in Christ, even if you're a minority, even if you're one, you're a majority in Christ. Yes. Right. So to me, they've taught me that the peer pressure that once was, they no longer feel it. Is it there? Yeah. But they can stand with a backbone of Christ and say, no, I won't be a part of that. And be okay with the jeering, maybe being made fun of, but not allow it to impact them because they know who they are. And they're doing that day in and day out from grade three to high school. They're doing that. They come back with stories of crazy things. And guess what? They're not bothered. They're just saying, can you imagine, mom? Can you, can you imagine this? Instead of children doing this, instead of teachers doing this, instead of children relating your parents this way, these kids are doing this and not that. So they are 
And, and, the, and, and more than just, can you imagine, I say, well, what did you say? What did you do in that situation? And they tell me what they do in those situations. Mm-hmm. And they're speaking Christ-like virtues and Christ-like values. What, with, with most people, just hearing what you're going to say is that they'll feel like that is judgment. And what are you saying it is? Mm. And you know what my kids would say to me? They say, it's not out of judgment. It is this. We are children of God. Right. And this is what the Bible says. This is what we believe in. That's our faith. Right. You don't have to believe it, but we're happy walking in this. Okay. We're happy walking in this and we're not judging you. In fact, it's not you. It is the behavior we're talking about. Okay. It is not you. And we're not saying we don't want to be friends with you. In fact, I tell them, do not judge people. Do not throw away friends, except when they're trying to influence you to go away from God. Right. Be their friend so that you can lead them to Christ. Okay. And do not force it in, on them. No. Just talk about your daily life. Testify to what God has done for you. Speak the word. And I think that that's such a difference if anyone would stop and listen and saying, it's not in judgment. It, no. As you said before, you wanted to shout to the world about yes. how you have this joy. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, in that sharing, and this is why I love the sharing of stories. So here's exactly. the stories that people exactly. will say she's sharing a story. Yes. Also known as a testimony. exactly exactly sharing a story and right there because i've been there i've been on the other side i've been you know bc before christ i've I've lived Mm -hmm. that life you know Mm -hmm. with three children and you know struggling through my own marriage right and i know what that is that before and that after is so incredible you're saying i have like life-giving water i have something that's so powerful that you you don't have to worry about that and they're saying, uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fine. You can choose that. But exactly. don't ask me not to choose God. Don't exactly. Not to, to step into my, my church, step into my faith. That, you, get, you get to do you, and I get yes. to do my life my way. Exactly. If there, there is an attractiveness. And it's sometimes exactly. it be kind of goofy, but you know, people will pull back. My right. niece still will laugh and they go, oh, we forgot you're <laughs> not me a Jesus freak. That was the, the you know, the um, aunt that used to talk dirty and say, you know, right. Time. And now <laughs> it's the, like, have you given your life to Christ? Right. I know you're really afraid of that. Have you been praying on this? And they'll look mm-hmm. at them like, still, it's been 24 years, but it still right. feels a little <laughs> out of body. <laughs> And it is, it's such a difference. So now you have these, you're a believer, you have your children believing. Yes. What else has happened in your life, Eva, that's, that's part of this testimony, or we'll call it a story. Oh, our story, right? Well, I'll, yes, story or testimony, call it whatever you want, as long as it, it, it feeds somebody's soul and it impacts somebody, right? So now that we know what it feels to be in Christ and to live that fulfilled life, fulfilled means not physically fulfilled, but just spiritually fulfilled. And that spirit, that spiritual fulfillment indeed does manifest to the physical, right? So now I'm thinking, why keep it into just a part? Why keep it to just our family? Now our family, we want to testify and share that story. How? Through 
what I believe now to be my calling. I love my job, no doubt. I've been, you know, working with students and families and, and all sorts of people through counseling and advising and mentoring. But now I know that God is calling me to share my family experience, my personal journey with like-minded believers and hopefully those that are not of like minds, but would like to know how I made it through. So what I'm doing right now is going beyond my family and keeping it to ourselves and creating a course called Christ-Centric Parenting. Okay. Christ-Centric Parenting 101. <laughs> right? And it will be a series and it, uh, it, compl- and it will also come with a book. Same thing. A course and a book about raising your children with Christ as the identity and how that frees you and frees your children from the burdens of societal morals and values that we are, we're sort of bombarded with, that we're expected to take on as our identity. And say yes to. And yeah. say yes to. And if you don't say yes, you're an outcast. Right. And knowing that if you're an outcast, it's okay to be an outcast in God. Right. <laughs> right. And he said that he said, you know, it's between mother and father and, you know, exactly going to be separated. We're going to be separated. separated. There's going to be a division. Exactly. There's going to be a division. But through that division, you know, because if we're talking math, there's also, there's (laughs) multiplication with that because people do start seeing, they, they, they come around. And as you said, with uh, my, my song story, that it's in God's timing. And, yes. you know, someone planted seeds for you. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you're you're returning that gift and you're planting seeds for others. Perfectly said. Exactly. Somebody planted those seeds. And it took me a while. It took a while for those seeds to germinate. I had to become a mother first. I had to become a wife first. But guess what? It has happened. It did. And just like you are doing for your nieces, I think you're, is it your grandkids? Well, my, my grandkids know where I'm right? at. They're good. Yeah. Just like you're doing it to them now and they're saying, oh, right. We forgot you are. Guess what? You don't know how many years down the road that the seeds you're planting will germinate and full blossom I into that. I believe it. Totally. I believe it. Exactly. And that, there's, there's that peace in that too. Like yes. we don't have to run around like we're in a fire drill trying to save no. everybody. No, no. God's not asking us to do that. He's asking us to share, to go out and make disciples of men, right? Exactly. And a Our disciple is just someone who, who follows Christ. We're, who follows Christ, exactly, and yes. shares that good news. Mm-hmm. And the one that does the saving is the Holy Spirit. Right. We plant, he does the work. You plant, he waters, Right. And the harvest, we may never see the harvest, but God knows when the harvest will happen. And whether it's in our lifetime or not, the fact is we did our great commission. We went out, we discipled, we planted, Mm. and we'll be accountable to him in that did we plant. Not did they accept, did we plant? Because the accepting is the Holy Spirit's work. And their their choice. We can't. And it's their choice. It's their their choice. And even when you say it, I'm wondering if there's been enough seeds planted now that the harvest Mm. is really ripe. And even though people can look at the world right now and saying it's going to, I'll just say hell in a handbasket. Right. (laughs) No, 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 it's not. God's got it. Because if you listen to your story. 
Mm-hmm. And I have a similar story that when mm-hmm. I finally listened to the Holy Spirit, it was not when everything's all hunky dory and things are blissful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's during those hard times exactly. that God's going to say, mm-hmm. I'm here. Exactly. I'm here. Look up, exactly. child. Right? Look up, child, right? <laughs> There's a song about that. Look up, child. <laughs> exactly. So you're right. It may look like all hell's broken loose, right? But remember, that's the physical eye. That's what we see. And that's what the enemy wants us to see and believe. Well, I think that there's so, when when we say that we're spiritual beings and when you're into the Bible, you realize that there are spiritual forces working against and they're here to seek and destroy, you right. know, that, that destruction and that destruction mm-hmm. of spirit, that destruction mm-hmm. of families, that mm-hmm. destruction of joy, that destruction of health. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's everywhere you look. And we exactly. know who wins this battle. Exactly. So that we can say, okay, I can see chaos and no one wants yeah. to be in the midst of wars or hunger or, or divorce or any of these. Mm-hmm. But we also know that God you know, he can make things good, right? Yes. <laughs> he can yes. make things good, even in the bad times. Even so, in the bad times. Are your children involved in this? My children, of course, are involved in this. They I, would never let me that. go. <laughs> I, I think even too, if you're looking at that, for the mother to speak and almost like the child to answer and saying, mm. this is the, the difference that they can stand strong, that they can exactly. feel fearless, exactly. that they can fight against all the things we want our children to be fighting against. We want mm-hmm. them to be fighting the good fight. And that's Thank against you. these evil powers that are trying to change their mind, go mm-hmm. against what the Bible says, how our life should be led. I'm I'm just very excited for you. I'm excited for what this can do because Mm -hmm. we do need need to be educated on how to be parents and how to be wives and how to be, you know, spouses, just to be in that, those relationships and even how it impacts our work life. Exactly. Has that impacted, has your transformation, your conversion, your intentional way of living with Christ is, you know, in Christ's will, has it changed your work that you're doing as well? <laughs> you know what? It's funny because remember when I became born again, I was still at this job. So what it has done, it has allowed me to bring God in my job, mm-hmm. not officially, <laughs> not officially, but when I'm dealing with my clients, my students, my colleagues, I deal with them differently. I speak to them differently. I share my Jesus story and my, and my change of life to them. Um, Not again, not at conferences or meetings, you know, but the one-on-ones because they're asking those questions that we're all asking. What's the meaning of life? Why am I going through this? This is what's happening to my life and my house. And, And I mean, colleagues are sharing personal stories. So are my students. And so in giving them the official you know, what I would in my job, I can't help but bring Christ in it right. and tell them that, okay, this is what's happening. But for me and my family, this is what Christ has done in my life. And think about that and maybe go and pray on it if you have never thought about it. Right. right? And you see them differently. And you, you see, see them, them differently. differently. You respond to them differently. 
Because exactly. you know that even in their struggles, as, as you felt, that mm-hmm. there's someone who wants to help lift that burden. And if they exactly. do that. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a life-changing event. All of Life-changing. And so, so not just am I bringing that into my, my secular work, right? And trying to kind of massage Jesus into there so, so that they know that you don't have to live this kind of life. You can give your life to Christ or at least the very least start to get to know him. It has also allowed me to fully come on board with this uh, mission to now go fully in public to the public and say, this is who I am in my job, but this is who I am as Eva all out. Okay. And now I can do work that God has really called me to do without, without any boundaries in, in terms of without any shame or any hesitation or any officiality or, you know, uh, step on people's toes because now I'm among Christ-minded people. And the work that I'm trying to do with this course and this book is to get that seed out there. So other parents and other people can start doing it at a tender age. Don't wait till your child is 15. Don't wait till they're married. Start at that stage where they understand right and wrong before they even understand right and wrong, right? So that by the time they're 10, by the time they're 12, by the time they're 15, they know, oh, it's not what we see. There is a higher power and a higher spirit. And I I am that. And I can cause things to happen around me. And I can live that full life of joy, regardless of what's going on around. And I can be me, myself with Christ instead of me, myself and I. You understand? And make that change around. (laughs) So that's what I'm hoping. Well, I think there there's so many people out there who are living a me, myself, and I life, and it is heavy and it is burdensome, yes. and it feels yes. like there's no end in sight. There's no reason. exactly, yeah. And then mm-hmm. you, in a, in a short nanosecond of time, you felt the spirit talk to you, and you felt that relief, relief that, beyond relief. And that that is when when you understand that God is still making miracles happen right yes so he he raises us from the dead even while we're still here <laughs> even while we're still alive because guess what right we are believe it or not there's the there's the world is filled with filled with the with the walking dead right what is it called they, they are alive but they're dead you can see it. You can see it in their, their countenance. You can see it yes. in their facial expressions. You can see yes. it in their language. Yes. You feel this burden yes. that it's weighing on them. You see mm-hmm. a lot of heavy people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yes. And, and to be able to feel like you are surrounded with people that you can, you can have the courage to speak about it. Exactly. Say, this is something that I want you to hear and I want you to know. Exactly. It's because I love you. It's because I love you. My I joy love, now. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus has loved me first. Now <laughs> I can love you, right? Now I can love you. I can love myself for crying I out can, loud, right? That's and now cool. that I can love myself, you better believe I can love you where you are because he loved me where I was. Exactly. And this is where, as you said, he, he surrounded himself with people who were the outcast of, of yes. the world. You know, exactly. He, he hung on a cross between people who were, you know, making fun of him. You know, he took mm-hmm. the place of a murderer. He was just mm-hmm. a man. And without 
complaint and know, knowing what that was to bear. And he did it all for us. And when you can it say, I know of him, and that, that's just the difference. You're yeah. not the first one that I, I've met in my podcast. And I, mm. myself is saying, yeah, I got this. Yes. And feeling like I, I didn't have it. It was such a lie. <laughs> it was such a lie. I was my wow. I was, was watching everything in my life just crumble around and crumble. saying, I, I still have this. You yeah. don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it at all. You're you're living a lie. Not even and close. Living in a truth is just mm-hmm. an amazing story. Because people, when they're going to hear your story, it, it's an amazing story. And it's a beautiful story. And you tell it beautifully. <laughs> and I just have felt you. absolutely blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. And I have to say that it was such an honor, such a blessing to speak to you, to have you share my story, to have you ask me those questions, to jog even my memory. I mean, that's the beauty about the discussion um, approach rather than the sort of story, you know, just talking without pause. Yes. Yeah. Because it educates, but it also helps the, me as a, as a storyteller to, to, to go back in the nooks and crannies that I, that our our audience needs to hear. Right. So I just loved how you've done that and, and given me this opportunity to share um, and just Before you leave, I have another free gift for you. What are you looking for in your life? A new career? Stepping into your purpose? Restoring passion in your everyday life? Are you ready to step into the new life God has planned for you? And he does have a plan for you. And that gift is to experience the power of coaching. Coaching helped me through my painful journey when Joe, my husband, died. Coaching eased me through this transition to move to Florida. I wasn't sure why the Lord was bringing me here and what his plans were for me. Coaching gave me clarity. Coaching was essential in making the Hope Station podcast a reality. A dream came true working with my coaches. Coaching also brought hope to hundreds of my clients who stepped into their purpose and passion And it all started with a free consult call. So schedule yours today. To schedule our Hope Chat, otherwise known as a coaching call, you can click the calendar link in the show notes or visit my website, dianebells.com. That's D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. This coaching call could be exactly what you need to ignite a spark of hope in your life. Hope might be just one call away. Why wait? Schedule your call today.